welcome to another episode of 2HD. We feel like we've gone over the pertinent topics of breast for now. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to do a few questions just to try and bring it together. I'm really nervous. And annoyingly, the first one is kind of about management, which we haven't covered. <laughs> so We can talk it through. I mean, like I said, I think some of it is quite intuitive. Okay. You, I think it's easy to bring it down to at least two options. So we'll start with a 40-year-old woman presents with a breast lump. Sorry, 40. Yeah. Felt over the past four weeks. On examination, there is a firm, discrete, mobile mass palpable in the right upper outer quadrant. Mm-hmm. Mammography demonstrates a one centimetre, well-circumscribed, mm-hmm. round, soft tissue density in the upper outer quadrant of mm. the right breast. Mm-hmm. What is the most appropriate management of this patient? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's difficult because she's 40, yeah. so she's right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. But I think over 35, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to need an ultrasound mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. And she's probably going to need a biopsy of it. Can I tell you the options? Yeah, tell me the options. Reassure that the lesion is benign in nature and discharge for primary care. I don't <clears> like that. Me neither. <laughs> Perform ultrasound to confirm... Whereas if she was like... 20 you probably would do that no, no, she wouldn't have had a mammo though she would have had just had well i feel sound. like they're talking about symptomatic yeah clinic and they get seen by the surgeons first mm. and so it depends on like the order of things mm. but if she's already had a mammo and you see something like, but like a young woman you would still I think it's something like under 35 they don't have mammos yeah so she you wouldn't have a mammo anyway. she just come to you and you don't yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry sorry fine keep going so uh, that one, no, no. Like perform ultrasound to confirm benign appearance, provide reassurance and discharge to primary care, perform ultrasound and ultrasound guided core needle biopsy if solid lesion is visible, perform stereotactic guided core needle biopsy, discuss at MDT meeting with a view to proceeding to wide local excision. I think the uh, whatever the ultrasound and biopsy was agreed would be and, my choice. And the, the reasoning is because of her age. Because of her age. Mammary. Yeah. Even though it's probably going to be something benign. Yeah. Um, no, it's not visible. That's when you do it stereotactic. When it's just like calcifications. Yeah. yeah you need something to aim to. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not visible on ultrasound. Yeah. Um, uh, nine, answer C. Perform ultrasound and ultrasound guided core needle biopsy if it's solid. Oh, is that what we yeah. said? Oh, fine. <laughs> Although this lesion has the features of a fibroadenoma, Ultrasound cannot reliably dis- distinguish between wild circumscribed carcinoma and a fibroadenoma. Mm-hmm. Usually, histological confirmation of the benign lesion is made by ultrasound guided core biopsy. In individual cases, some patients may opt for excisional biopsy without prior biopsy. Fine. Rare. Though. If they're like super nervous and their mum had yeah. horrendous breast cancer, just take it out. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Next question. A 40 year old woman presents with a palpable breast lump for several weeks. On examination... Sorry, I wasn't listening. That's fine. I was thinking how proud I was that you got that one right. Go again. 40-year-old woman. Again, oh, with a purple breast lump for several weeks. Yeah. On examination, a firm, relatively mobile mass is palpable in the left upper outer quadrant. Yeah. Um, mammograms demonstrate a well-circumscribed round soft tissue density in the upper outer quadrant of the left breast. Yeah. What feature in ultrasound would favour a diagnosis of a breast cyst above that of a fibroadenoma? Okay. Ooh, fun question. Mm-hmm. So cyst versus adenoma, tell mm-hmm. me the options. Do you want me to tell you or oh, do you uh, want to come up with anything? Or... Well, so uh, I know a cyst would be like 
you would expect it to be very thin walled, well defined, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, hypo echoic throughout, yeah, and then have a like posterior acoustic enhancement, yeah. yeah. Whereas fibroadenoma, it can be a bit more sort of heterogeneous mm-hmm. echogenicity, um, and like it can be a bit more of like a lobulated contour, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Tell me the options. So the options are multiple bilateral lesions of similar appearance. Could be either. Which actually, that probably it? would favour cyst. Yeah. But I'm not sure if that's What's the answer. What's the question? What's the question? What would favour cyst? cyst. Yeah. <laughs> internal calcification. That would be well, internal calcification in the cyst. It would be mad. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's a distraction. Would that be a fibre? Around hypoechoic lesion with a smooth, well-defined margin. That'd be a cyst. So yeah. that answer. A hypoechoic lesion with internal echoes homogeneously no, no. distributed within the lesion. No, no. that's a fibroadenoma. A hypoechoic posterior wall. Hyperechoic posterior wall. That would be a cyst. Yeah. Oh. But we need to choose one. So remind me of the question, what would these would most favour? So I think it's going to be the posterior acoustic enhancement. That's the most cystic-y thing. What would be your choice? I don't know. You're right, though. Am I right? Yeah! Strict ultrasound criteria for a simple cyst include well-circumscribed margins, round oval shape, absence of internal echoes Mm. through transmission and posterior acoustic enhancement with a bright posterior wall. Mm. But you see... I don't know why that would be more than C. What was C again? Around hypoechoic lesion with a smooth, well-defined margin. Yeah, I mean, I that wouldn't be a fibro. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like they're quite different. Like, I just feel um, like uh, a fibroadenoma wouldn't have, have posterior acoustic enhancement. Okay, so that's like. Whereas, like, like I agree with you, yeah. a cyst is perfectly defined by that. Yeah. Uh, C. Yeah. A oh, see, that's like, where could be. these questions really scare me. Yeah. That's where I will fall. You won't fall, though. It'll be fine. Right. Um, okay. Sorry, they're all a bit similar, but no, no, it's good. A forty-year-old obese woman is found to have a painless mass in the right breast by her general practitioner mm. during a routine medical examination. Mm-hmm. What feature would favour a diagnosis of an oil cyst okay. over that of a lipoma? Oh heavens! Right. Let's give it a go. Give me some options. A history of recent lactation. That doesn't ring any bells. No, me yeah, neither. A rounded, lucent lesion on mammography. Yeah, next. A surrounding capsule seen on mammography. Next. Demonstration of eggshell calcification. Next. Multiple areas of fatty and fibroglandular density. I think it's the whatever the one that was like a capsule, capsule lucent, on mammography. lucent center. Because your oil cysts are your classic. You didn't have that, though. You no, two but, options. Um, Either lucent was, lesion yeah, or no, capsule. No, no, I think it's the capsule because it's sort of just... To me, that feels like it's describing a calcified like rim with a lucent centre. Yeah. See what I mean? So therefore... So therefore, oil cyst. Not an lipoma. Not yeah. an lipoma. But I'm not hugely convinced by that one. I'd be interested to see what it says. Demonstration of eggshell calcification. But I thought eggshell calcification was a degenerating... You told me in a previous episode 
that it was a uh, um, involuting fibroadenoma. This is an outrage. This is an outrage. This is an outrage. I've been lied to. <laughs> um, Let's see what crack the tooth says. Back to our picture. I wonder if you're. Oh, no. I just can't remember. I, I feel like it's in Mandel. No, but we did have classifications. We did have here. classifications, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, extra? Yeah. Hold on, give me a sec. Fat necrosis, I call them. It can be from any kind of trauma. I think you're talking about. Um, no, if they are really massive, you may see the word liponecrosis macrocystic. Yeah, this was the one that was the um, fat necrosis one. Which is the one that's the involuting fibroadenoma? Because they can be that's pop popcorn or something else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember being like, oh yeah. no, they've got two names. But don't worry. No, so, no, no, no. Let's clarify this. Liponecrosis macrocystica is we, fat necrosis, and we did talk about that. Yeah. But no, I remember that we did come up again, and we were like, "What?" And is fat necrosis? Does that result in an oil cyst? Sorry to upset you. I have no idea. Asking questions. But I'm now. So, assuming. what does the question book say? What would favour oil cyst over like? No, no. What does the answer say? Is oh. that all it says? Um, is the explanation? Both lesions may appear as rounded, lucent lesions with a surrounding capsule and mammography. A history of recent lactation and multiple areas of fatty and fibroglandular tissue density would make a galactoseal more likely mm -hmm. rather than either of those. Okay. Don't really answer our question, but that's yeah. okay. But I think I remember us saying the thing about the degenerative fibroadenoma, so I want to find this now. Well, it'll be in one of our other podcasts. So when we listen to this, we'll just have to go back and listen to the other yeah, one. That's true. Okay, moving on. Um, a 70-year-old woman presents with invasive ductal carcinoma. Yeah, 70-year-old woman with invasive ductal carcinoma. Yeah. Where in her breast is it most likely to be located? Oh, the upper outer quadrant. Yeah. Is that one of the options? Yep. <laughs> I was like just checking. Let's say 12, we want to see. Yes. 50% of all breast cancers arise in the upper outer quadrant which usually contains the most glandular tissue in the breast the second most common site is oh the second most common site is it's going to be a guess but i'm going to say the lower outer quadrant the retro areola region oh, with 18 percent, so much less fine okay fine i'm on board um a 50-year-old woman presented with fatigue and her physician was concerned she had metastatic disease of unknown origin. Really? Her diagnostic workup included a mammogram which demonstrated a suspicious lesion in the left upper outer quadrant. A biopsy confirmed this to be a breast carcinoma. What is the most likely place for this lesion initially to have metastasized? Oh, no. Okay, sorry. What are the options, please? Brain. Yeah. Liver. Yeah. Bone. Yeah. Lung on pleuri. Yeah. Lymph nodes other than ipsilateral. Oh, I was going to be like, left hand Yeah. Right. So breast can go to all those places. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess bone. 
What are you going to guess? Liver? Oh, I don't think I would guess liver. What are you going to guess? Brain? I would say brain or bone. Oh, oh. Bone. Bone, <laughs> yeah. So most common sites of initial distant mets for, from breast cancer are bone, 58%, lung and pleura, 26%, lymph nodes other than ipsilateral, nodes, 16%. Initial involvement of the liver or brain is less frequent. Very good. Top question. Yeah. A 62-year-old woman is treated for invasive ductal carcinoma with a wide local excision mm. and axillary clearance. Mm-hmm. Which of the following is the most appropriate follow-up mammography regime? You see, this is what, it's quite a lot about... You told me this, 6 to 12 months. No, that's the initial. Oh. Every six months until the age of 70, and then self-referral at patient's request. Every six months for the first year and annually thereafter. Mm every six months for the first two years and annually thereafter, mm-hmm. every year until the age of 70, and then self-referral at patient's request, mm-hmm. every year for five years, then return to breast screening program. That's very interesting, because you told me the most common recurrence is at four years. Mm-hmm. So she's six. But also we know that the first one is six months post, yeah. which eliminates the last two. It said six to 12 months, you told me, because I remember being like, there's quite a big difference between six months and 12 months. Mm. In the book, you mean? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Mm. That's really annoying. So mm-hmm. I wonder whether it's the last one, actually, every year for five years. Really? Because it doesn't make sense. You obtain around six to 12 months, you're right. See, I pay attention. Fuck, I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me those options again. She's 62, mm-hmm. so 70 was, seemed to be yeah. the cutoff. Yeah. Them. So that's 70. The reason they say 70 is because normal screening is from 50 to 69 or 70. Who is it? I in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, screening mammograms, that's okay. when it starts. Yeah. And then there's a trial going on at the moment where we're trialing three years before, so from age of 47 yeah. till three years after, yeah. because Gordon Brown decided when he came in that we should screen more without any scientific evidence oh, for that because it, it might have been a good political move whatever because oh, right. people might have liked that sure exactly but there was no evidence for that Fine. i don't know um, so. so let's go back to the question so 62 year old women mm-hmm. and the options are a every six months until she's 70 which i think that's too often i think that's too often agreed Every six months for the first year and annually thereafter. I think that might be the option. Could be that. If you've got, if you've had breast cancer. But then it says annually thereafter, but it doesn't have a cut off. Yeah. And you're not going to have it forever. Yeah. So I know every six months for the first two years and annually thereafter. Again, I'm worried about not having a. Four years. Four. Peak of recurrence at four years. Mm. So. Keep going with the options. Every year until the age of 70 and then self-referral at patient's request. Uh-huh. Every year for five years, then return to the breast screening programme. How often are you screened at breast screening? Uh, every two to three years, isn't it? Yeah. Every three years. So essentially she'd have it for till the age of 67 and then she might have one at the age of 70. I suspect it might be the last one, you know. Because and then she'd go back to screening rather yeah. than being at her request. And I just feel that, that, that even screening. though the whole every six months for the first year and annually thereafter, they're not going to do it annually until she's 100. No, that's true. But actually, having said, oh, I think it's the last one, going back, she'll go back into the screening. If she's 70, she won't go back she'd into the screening. She'd have maybe one more. Yeah. 
So maybe it's a patient request thereafter. So she can have a mammogram out of the screening programme if she wants. Yeah, but this one says for five years and the other one is every year until the age of 70. So she gets seven years. Which would be, what she, yeah. I think it might be the five years and then at her request. What do you think? I think so. I think we've, I think every six months till age of 70 is too much, mm-hmm. too overkill. Then the B and C don't give a cutoff. Yeah. So you can't do it forever. Yeah. So then we're t- between D and E, which is. And E, I think she won't ever get a mammogram again. Because she'll get to 70 and that's when it stops. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense that someone that's had a proven cancer wouldn't ever have a mammogram again. But then well, you're going back, you're saying every year until the age of 70 and then self-referral? Yeah. Rather than every year, five years, then return to breast screening programme? Because then she'd only have one more. Yeah, but surely at patient's request she would still have another one. That's what I don't understand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you say for the next five years, return to, you know, if you're in screening, yeah. If you you're you become symptomatic, then you get another mammogram. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's pretty complicated. Let's see what the answer is and see why they said that. Tell me. Every six months, for the first two years and annually thereafter. Forever. Tell me. Tell me more. What does it say? Exact follow-up regimes may vary from centre to centre according to local policy. Mm-hmm. In patients treated with radiotherapy, mammography, skin thickening, post-radiation usually decreases within two years following treatment, but may persist longer. But I think they've made a mistake there. She's not going to have it for till she's 100. They need a cut-off. No, but that's obviously just the best option out of those ones. Whatever. We've talked about this for ages. Let's move on. Sorry. Different question. That really annoys me. <laughs> A 51-year-old woman presents to the breast clinic with a palpable lump felt in the lateral aspect of the right breast, which had increased in size since she went through the menopause. It measures 4.5 centimetres and shows posterior acoustic shadowing and ultrasound scan. Posterior acoustic shadowing. Ooh. On mammography, the margins are partly well circumscribed and partly obscured. Ooh. Peripheral eggshell calcification is visible. Mm. Her menarche was at 12. Mm-hmm. She had three... She had three pregnancies and has never taken HRT or the pill. Okay. Which of the features make a diagnosis other than a breast cyst more likely? Okay. I think we know. Tell me. Which one would you tell me off the top of my head? Uh, well, like the in, there are a few of them, though. The indeterminate oh. margins and the like. Mm. Stop crunching. <laughs> I was going to say the shadowing rather than. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I've forgotten that. Margins which are partly well circumscribed and are partly obscured, which I agree, but if but you I'm have like tissue, yeah, exactly. Uh, size greater than four, no, that's nonsense. An increase in size in the postmenopausal period no, in the absence of HRT, peripheral eggshell calcification that is more fibroid, yeah, but anyway, or posterior acoustic shadowing, yeah, posterior acoustic shadowing, yeah. strong. Are we wrong? <laughs> is it the calcification? No, what is it? The increase in size and the post. <laughs> and tell me the reasons. Cyst margins may be completely or partially defined by adjacent tissue, which yeah. is exactly what we said. Cysts frequently disappear or subside following menopause. Peripheral eggshell calcification is seen in fat necrosis. Yeah. Teacup calcification seen on the floor of the cyst on an erect lateral film may be. Seen in cis-containing milk of calcium. Yeah. That's it. 
She doesn't say anything about the shadow. Can't we? Move on. I'm much better at moving on. <laughs> a 40-year-old woman with a family history of breast cancer presents with a palpable breast lump. Histology confirms the diagnosis of invasive breast carcinoma. What is the most likely pathological type? What are the options, please? Uh, ductal carcinoma, lobular yeah. carcinoma, yeah. medullary, yeah. sarcomatous, yeah. mucinous. Interesting. She's young, family history. I think so. The most common type of breast cancer mm -hmm. is a ductal carcinoma. Yeah. Um, within that, you've got the subtypes, yeah. And medullary mm -hmm. is in young people, mm -hmm. but I think it's quite rare. So, in balance of statistics, I'd probably just say the duct. What was the was it just ductal carcinoma? Mm, yeah, that was an option. I think I'm just going to guess that one, but perhaps I'm trying to find that, but I think maybe the, it was in here. Yeah, I think it's it was good for this. Remember uh, here, so yeah, so you have um, ductal carcinoma, carcinoma not otherwise specified, mm -hmm. which is the most common, but then you have less common subtypes, which make up less than 10% of all yeah. cancer. No, sorry, there they're not otherwise. Yeah, yeah, they're the ductal carcinomas that are specified, if that makes sense. So you have the vast majority of ductal carcinoma not otherwise specified. specified. Yeah. And then and you have these, some that yeah, are specified. Sure. And within those, yeah. medullary is the young is a rare one. variant, yeah. typically seen in younger women associated with which BRCA? BRCA2. One. Bastards. Um, and then Which she could have, yeah. but I think on average, the vast majority of women are going to have just a ductal carcinoma. Yeah, so I think because of think? that, it's ductal. Yeah. And they're just kind of trying Let's to see. put us off. Yes, ductal. Ductal carcinoma accounts for the majority of invasive breast cancers and lobular carcinoma, approximately 5 to 10%. Medullary and mucinous account for around 2%, and each and less than 1% of cases are sarcomatous. Fine. What time are we on? Okay, time for a few more. Yeah, my designer. Yeah, yeah. Um, a 56 year old woman attended for routine mammographic screening. Mm -hmm. Calcification was noted on her mammograms mm. and further workup. She was diagnosed as a, having invasive carcinoma in the area of the calcifications. Mm. What is the most likely morphology of the <laughs> calcification? Heliomorphic. Sorry, tell me the options. Spherical with a radiolucent centre. No. Popcorn. No. Rounded. No. Linear branching? Yes. Rod shaped? Linear branching. Agreed. You can't upset me with calcifications any longer, Isabel. Yay! <laughs> That's one that at least is all right. <laughs> so I hate calcifications. I hate breasts as a topic, if I'm honest. A 51-year-old woman with a family history of breast cancer underwent a screening mammogram, which demonstrated an abnormal area of multiple microcalcifications. Mm. No other abnormality was visible, and this was not seen on ultrasound. Mm. A stereotactic guided excision was performed, which showed invasive carcinoma. How large is it most likely the calcifications were? What? Okay, tell me. Yeah, they're going to be small. This. We have. but they, Yeah, but they're giving us millimetres. It, yeah, it's going to be like less than 
five microns or something. So yeah, they're saying less than 0.5 millimeters. Yeah. 0.5 to 1.5, 1.5 to 3. 3 to 5, more than 5. Yeah, I want less than 5 microns. You mean 0.5? Yeah, microcalcification. Yeah, I yeah. do. Yes. Yes! yes. Microcalcifications are defined as individual calcific opacities less than 0.5 millimetres in diameter. Yes. Characteristic suspicious malignants include a casting shape, linear, segmental, and clustered distribution. Other non-specific characteristics that increase the degree of suspicion include pleomorphism, variation in size, Increased density for size, irregular margins, regular boundaries of the area, many calcifications per square metre, scatter small calcifications bilaterally with radiolucent sensitivity, typical of calcified sebaceous glands of the skin. And this we spoke about because yeah. remember we spoke about mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. But may present as a localised cluster. Irregular coarse popcorn calcification may be seen within a... Involuting fibroadenoma. Calcification within a fibroadenoma is typically peripheral, but may be centrally or eccentrally situated, as may be seen in carcinoma. Very good. Thank you. Um, a 65-year-old woman who was known to have a primary malignance elsewhere had a mammogram which showed multiple well-defined soft tissue opacities. These were proven to be metastases from her primary. Mm. What primary is she most likely to have? Melanoma. Oh, yes, you're talking about this. Oh. oh, is it not one of the options? <laughs> oh, there there's loads of options. Okay, tell, tell me the options. Let's work what it out. She must take, like, A, lymphoma, esophageal carcinoma, lung carcinoma, renal cell carcinoma. Yeah. B, so they're putting them in different oh, what? orders. Okay. Lung carcinoma, esophageal carcinoma, renal cell melanoma. Mm-hmm. C, lymphoma, cervical, colorectal, gastric. D, lymphoma, melanoma, ovarian, lung. E, esophageal, cervical, ovarian, lung. So I feel because of the only knowledge we have, I feel like it's going to be one of the ones D. that have melanoma. Let's go D because melanoma is a bit higher up in that list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, stupid. We'll learn something, we'll learn something. D. D, tell me. Lymphoma, melanoma, ovarian, lung. In that order of frequency, sarcoma can also metastasize to the breast. Go again. Ovarian. No, sorry. Lymphoma. Lymphoma. Melanoma. Ovarian. Lung. Fine. No, we know that now. Yeah, but that contradicts to what we just learned. That's okay. No, it's not okay. <laughs> that's really annoying. I think that's going to be a lot of that preparing but, for the two A's. But I can't deal with it. <laughs> I tried to learn one thing, but then what's the point? Anyway, I've only got a few left. We've got three minutes, so we'll do as much as we can. Yep. Um, Oh, we have covered oh, curves. This. We'll come back to it yeah, later because yeah. like, we can't see the curves on a podcast. Can we? Yeah. A 45 year old woman presents with a rapidly increasing mass in the right breast of recent onset. Mammography shows a single, well circumscribed, round, homogeneous soft tissue opacity mm-hmm. measuring 8 centimeters in diameter with no calcification. Mm-hmm. Histology demonstrates a fibrohepithelial tumor with a leaf like growth pattern. Oh, yeah. What is the most Phylodies. likely diagnosis? Um, no, but I read today because I was like, why is it called phylodes? And they were like, it's because it's like a leaf. And then I looked at my plant, my monstera plant, and I was like, leaf? Yeah. Hmm. I need that. (laughs) (laughs) Causes of large, more than five centimetre, well-defined opacities include the following. Giant cyst, giant fibroadenoma, lipoma, sebaceous cyst, cytosarcoma, phylodes. Thank you. You. 
Next, quick. A 65-year-old man with an abnormal karyotype presents with a left breast lump and is yeah. found to have an invasive ductal carcinoma. Is it going to be like, what karyotype does he have? Yeah. It's going to be Kleinfelter's. Yeah, do you know what uh, it is? Kleinfelter's is you've got one extra X code yeah. chromosome. Yeah, so it's a, so I give you the options. Yeah. 45XO, 46XY, 47XXY, 47XXX, 47XY13. Whatever the XXY one was. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. yeah. This is a Kleinfelter syndrome in which there is a 20-fold increased risk of male breast cancer. 45XO and 47XXX are females. 46XY is normal. 47XY13 is a male with Patel syndrome, trisomy 13. One more? Yeah. Oh, come on. A 42-year-old woman presents with a lump in the left axilla. No mass is clinically palpable in the left breast and mammography is normal, but historically demonstrates an auxiliary node malignancy. Ooh. What is the appropriate management? Oh, she probably needs an MR. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. No further imaging. Bilateral mastectomy. <laughs> Repeat mammograms. No. Breast ultrasound. Not going to help. Breast MRI. Breast MRI. Breast CT. Breast MRI. Breast MRI. It's got to be. Yes. Yes. Breast MRI is indicated when there is an auxiliary metastasis, but no primary is visible on mammo or clinical examination. It is also indicated in a number of other situations. Dense breast plus high risk lesion of lobular carcinoma in situ. Positive BRCA screen. Assessment of response to neoadjuvant chemo and suspected multifocal, multifocal breast carcinoma. The sensitivity to DCIS is relatively poor. Kind Goodbye. regards!